0: Today's Leading Women episode 154.
1: Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.
0: Are you looking on expanding your audience through podcasting? Learn how to create, grow and monetize your podcast. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com to learn more. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Paige Arnav Fan. Paige Arnav Fan is the founder and CEO of Mavens and Moguls, a global marketing firm she started 13 years ago based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Her company helps organizations who want to increase their visibility, profile, and awareness with a differentiated message and value proposition. Paige is a popular keynote speaker and a panelist at various organizations and hosts online webinars to share her marketing expertise with business owners around the world. Women of the world, Ms. Paige, are no fan. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Marie. It's great to be here. We
0: are delighted to have you on the show and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So Paige, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, that's What equity, to knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind that niche?
1: Absolutely. So it's funny because when I was in graduate school, I never thought I would start my own company. I always thought I'd go work for an existing business, a big Fortune 500, you know, big established company. And I joke, I call myself the accidental entrepreneur because I wasn't necessarily looking to start a company, but the world kind of conspired. And 13 years later, here I am running this company that I love. I'm having a lot of fun. And I can't imagine not doing this. I, I have never been tempted to go back and take a, quote, real job again. But what I did is I started a global marketing consulting firm And we help organizations of all sizes, startup companies all the way up to Fortune 500 global companies, and we help them with their branding and public relations, market research, online marketing, and social media. And our clients um, are all over the world, and I have um, colleagues located all over the world. We're like a virtual marketing department to help companies achieve their marketing goals. And we've worked for some very big businesses like Microsoft and Virgin and the New York Times and Colgate Toothpaste. But the majority of our clients are earlier stage, mid-market, emerging market firms that really couldn't afford to have a full marketing staff, but they need access to really good marketing talent on an ongoing basis. And that's what we do.
0: I love what I'm hearing about your business and you know, how it evolved and came into existence. And I'm sure our listeners are curious as well to hear that from you. And I know uh, you mentioned about not uh, you, it was like a you were an accidental entrepreneur, but I would love to, for you to share us. Was there a defining moment that prompted you to start a business and made you say this is my business?
1: Yeah, there was actually. Um, when nine eleven happened. It really changed everything. Um, The whole world changed, but my world changed as well. Um, When 9-11 hit the market, the economy really started to slide. And one of the first things that businesses did is they scaled back and wanted to conserve cash. And one of the first decisions most companies made is to cut their marketing budget and lay off their marketing staff. So post 9/11, marketing was one of the very first casualties that hit pretty much every industry across the board. And my company cut back and lots of companies did. But I had great relationships with venture capitalists and people in private equity on both coasts. My last job before um, I moved to Boston in 1999. But before that, I was working in Los Angeles for another startup and um, as the head of marketing for three different startup companies. And they were all successful. They all made money for the investors. So I knew a lot of investors and they all liked me because I helped them make money. When 9-11 hit, all these companies laid off their marketing departments, but they still needed marketing help. And so a lot of these investors called me, they were sitting on boards of companies that no longer had marketing support, and they called to see if I could help them, because they knew that I had just lost my job because of 9-11, and there were no jobs in marketing. But I had never been a consultant before, I was always the client, I was the chief marketing officer. And I really never hired consultants. And I thought consultants did PowerPoint, and I didn't need PowerPoint, so I never hired him. But the investors and board members said, no, you know how to do the job. Come help us. But it was too much work for me to take it all on myself. So I called former colleagues of mine and people that I used to work with, and I explained to them that I had all these requests to do work on a consulting basis. And everybody I called was available because they had just gotten laid off after 9-11 and they said, sure, I'll help you. So I had great projects and great people and I just started putting them together. And I referred to the women as the marketing mavens and the guys as the marketing moguls. And for short, I call them mavens and moguls and the name stuck. And here we are 13 years later. Still going strong. Wow! What a great story. Because I was wondering about how did that Maven Sanwalga's
0: name came from. So wow, you just shared. What a beautiful story! And yes, it must be a great feeling, you know, when you're able to leverage the skill that you've learned um, as a marketing, um, as a chief marketing officer, and now people or companies start asking for their search for to for these consultation services, and you were able to tap into that one. What a beautiful start must be. Uh, so for our listeners out there, maybe maybe they, you don't have this kind of uh, moment that, okay, you, hopefully you're not laid off from job, but if you are, then you know that you, if you have a skill that you know you can leverage on, you can start your own business and, and provide that services to other people, to other companies, like what a page you share. So I love that story. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they would really like to know, what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out?
1: It's a great question. You know, before I started Mavens and Moguls, it was pretty common for companies to outsource their legal services or their human resources or maybe their finance and accounting. But companies never used to outsource their marketing. It was not very common. But I thought if you could outsource other functions like human resources and accounting, why can't you out- outsource your marketing? And after 9-11, I figured there were enough companies out there that needed help that maybe couldn't justify the overhead and the expense that maybe we should try it and see if it worked. And it did work from the very beginning. We had lots of clients and they were very happy. And after the first project, they called us to do more projects. And the board members who sat on multiple boards said, you did it for one company, now come do it for my other company. So it turns out you know it, it is a transferable concept to outsource your marketing and then Harvard Business School heard about us and they liked it so much they wrote a case they wrote two cases actually on my company on Mavens and Moguls because we were really a pioneer in the outsourced marketing space now it's much more common there are lots of people that do marketing consulting now in a more scalable way But when I started the company, it was not that common. Um, But there are just so many. Before I I worked on startups, I worked at big companies like Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola. And obviously, a big global company like Coke, they're going to have a huge marketing department. But most of my clients are not Coca-Cola. You know, they're not that big and they can't justify that much of a... A marketing budget so they they need access to people like us because they can't afford full-time staff
0: right and, and that that's a good
1: thing because nowadays there are a
0: lot of uh, ways to you know outsource your or what for example your market marketing uh, part of your business you know there are a lot of people like you like your company that uh, small business owners are able to tap into and of course there are especially if you have a very little budget that's a good thing nowadays that technology affords us to to have that market, we don't need a big marketing uh, budget, but we have we we can tap into these marketing services uh, on a smaller scale. And I really love that you are providing that access accessibility for small business owners out there to be able to outsource their marketing uh, it, it, without being ripped or be, without having to spend a lot of uh, budget with it. So love it's, that mission.
1: And you know, the technology has really made it very accessible because now there's so much social media and so many tools that you can use to do online marketing and you don't have to spend a lot of money to have a lot of impact. So having a consultant like us is very impactful because we we use these tools constantly for all of our clients so we can just hit the ground running if you need just to do something very quick and short term, it doesn't make sense to make a full-time hire. It makes much better financial sense, and it's just more affordable to be able to tap into a group like ours to be able to help you hit the ground running.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from?
1: Well, I think I have a, I've always had a very strong work ethic. I work really hard, and I have a good sense of humor, and I think I'm an incredibly passionate person when I'm doing things that I really believe in, and I think all of those qualities are incredibly helpful as an entrepreneur because you do work hard. You have to have a good sense of humor because you have to be able to laugh. It gets pretty stressful. And you have to be passionate because like you said, you're taking your dreams and your vision and trying to turn it into reality. And at the beginning, nobody will believe you in this. You know, you, you don't necessarily have a lot of followers of people that believe you and buy into it. But you have to just be very passionate and consistent. Um, and hopefully they will come around and start to see the vision that you lay out. When I worked in corporate jobs, I think I was very restless. I think I got very frustrated and I was always the person trying to bend or break or change the rules, which made it very frustrating for me and probably for my boss too. But now I realize those are the same qualities that probably make me successful as an entrepreneur because I'm always trying to think of new ways to do things and new new opportunities and that's a really good quality for an entrepreneur to have
0: and the good news is that these uh, traits or these personal qualities that Paige just shared with us can be cultivated we can adopt this we can cultivate them to apply in our business or in life in general so those three traits that that Paige just shared having that strong work ethics you know working hard being willing to work hard because it building a business takes your energy takes time takes effort be willing to make that sacrifice as is needed and the second one is to at the same time have that good sense of humor i mean laugh i mean enjoy the process of being of uh, creating or building your business and having that passion and persistence cuz uh, yeah there are going to be you know if you love what you're doing and you, if you feel like you, and you, you don't give up on your dream that is what really you know, makes you push forward on a daily basis. So I love those traits that you've just shared. Thank you for sharing those. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges? And how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today?
1: Yeah, there are obviously lots of challenges as an entrepreneur, and they're different than when you're in a corporate environment. In a, in a corporate job, I was always perceived as someone who was a good judge of talent and a good boss, and I, I was always able to kind of pick great teams and motivate teams. So I was really always considered a strong people person and a good judge of character. And so I was a little surprised, I guess, with my own company. I expected I would be just as as strong. But with, with a startup, you're starting very small and hopefully you're growing pretty quickly, which we did. And the more successful we became, I started to realize I had a couple of people on my team who were some of the early people that joined the the company early on, who started to feel a little threatened, I think, as we started to grow faster and bigger. And I think they became uncomfortable as the market grew and changed, and they became very difficult. And I found myself spending more time managing them than our clients, and it was very frustrating. And I ultimately realized that I had to let them go, that they weren't going to be part of my future. They were part of the past, but they were not going to grow with the business. And I think it's natural when you're um, starting out, you worry about failure. I never worried about failure. I knew I wouldn't fail because I worked hard and I knew I was creative and I was decisive and I was comfortable taking risks. But I never thought about what would happen if we're really successful. And so I always tell other people that come to me for advice, don't be scared to fail. Be more scared if you're really successful, because that's when the problems come out. You have to really watch out and make sure you've got the right team in place and that they're going to grow with you. So it was a, it was hard because I'm by nature, I think, a very loyal person and I wanted to you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. But I realized your culture is so important and these people were not helping. They were more of a hindrance and an obstacle to our growth. So we had to move on. And I think ultimately, um, it was absolutely the right decision. And I've got a terrific team and they're the right people for the future. But it's a tough situation when you're going through it.
0: Wow. I, you know what, well, that's really interesting uh, topic, what, what you said about the fear of success. I mean, of course we have this fear of failure, but you're absolutely right with that. I mean, it really got me to think, that you know, absolutely. I mean, fear of success, I think it's more, more like wow it's a challenge because when you get there you don't know okay are, are your teams going to grow with you are you going to be able to handle the, the pressure or the, the challenges being a successful of uh, having a successful business because as you grow your business you will grow people around you, you will grow bigger and bigger and the responsibility is going to be bigger and bigger so wow that's really get, got me uh, another perspective on that so, and I'm sure our listeners um, can learn from what you've just shared so thank you for sharing that it really got me to thinking
1: (laughs) yeah no I think people are naturally more scared to fail but I always say don't be scared because people fail all the time and you just keep dusting yourself off and getting back up there and you'll figure it out if you're passionate you'll figure it out but when it starts really getting successful that's much scarier (laughs) yeah
0: I can totally see that wow thank you for sharing because that really gives me a perspective on, on what to expect and how to be prepared for it and I'm sure our listeners are as well now, uh, Paige, let's uh, switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if your family juggling many roles. So... In your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business?
1: So it's a great question, Marie. I'm not a poster child for balance. I should just tell you that right now. I'm married to a fellow entrepreneur. My husband has his own business and we have no pets, no plants, and no kids, So the honest truth is I work a lot. I'm a very hard worker and I'm pretty intense. I also work out every day and my husband and I take vacations regularly. So, um, you know, I guess in a way that's balanced, but I feel like I'm either working or playing. I don't really try and do both at the same time. Believe it or not, I know a lot of people are kind of horrified but I don't have a smartphone. I'm not on Facebook and I'm not on Twitter. And I know a lot of people think I'm crazy, but I, I certainly know how to use social media and I spend a lot of time doing it for my clients, but I don't do it at all for myself. And I have an old phone. I call it my dumb phone and I turn it on when I need to make phone calls, but it If you try to call me on my cell phone, chances are it's going to be turned off. I only turn it on when I'm making phone calls. So for me, I've set boundaries so that when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm vacationing, I turn it off. I don't do email. I don't try to stay connected. I tell my clients and my colleagues, I'm on vacation. You know, I'll call you when I get back. And for my 40th birthday, my husband and I rented a villa in Tuscany for a month. And we went and lived in this 17th century farmhouse. We had no internet connection. And it was fabulous. And people thought I would never be able to do it. But we did it. And we had a blast. So I think you just have to know what works for you and set up your own rules. And don't worry if other people think you're a little crazy. But if it works for you, that's all that matters
0: yes wow i love those that you've just shared i mean that's the bottom line here to set your boundaries and set your own rules according to the life that you want to want to have you know don't let other people dictate the kind of life that you want i mean you have a hold on your time and you know you as long as you're able to spend the time that to those that are important to you like your business you know when you're working you're really working and the the you know, the the main thing is that you focus on what it is that you're doing at the moment. Be present at that moment. For example, when you are working, you're really focused on working. When you are on vacation, you are on vacation. So for our listeners, whatever works for you, experiment in this. And you make time for those that are important to you and not neglecting those that that you know like for example your health your family t- time with your family and of course time with your business as well but setting up setting these rules setting these boundaries people will know or respect you for that because they know that okay i can't disturb her or him during these t- hours because she's working and this time it is her time for the family or like that so set boundaries and communicate this to the people around you or your team or your family or, for example like that so huge takeaways there so for at least so there what page to share do that you know think about them and apply them in your life as a, as a business owner if that applies to you so thank you for sharing that now, let's talk about success and what success means to you. You know, your business appears to be financially doing quite well, and when that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your
1: success? So my definition of success has changed a lot over my career. My first job out of college, I graduated from college in the 80s. And I worked on Wall Street for my first job for my first couple of years in my early 20s. And when I worked on Wall Street, success was all about money for me. It was who was getting the biggest paycheck, who got paid the most, that was success. But I quickly determined that that was not really the right metric for me, that it really wasn't about how much I was being paid. Like you said, if you're not happy, it's not worth it. For me now, as an entrepreneur, success is about having the time to spend with my family and close friends and being able to control my calendar, and call my own shots. I love working for myself, getting to spend time how I see fit. You know, when I was in corporate America, I didn't have control over my schedule. I was always told I had to go to this meeting or go to that conference. Now I can decide what the best use of my time is. Um, My business has been financially successful and that allows me a, a good quality of life, but you know, you don't have to make billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars to be happy. At the end of the day, you, know, you probably don't need as much money as you think to lead a really good, happy life, and I attribute um, doing work I love, that I work with and for people I respect I think that's that makes me happy, and that is why I feel like my business has been so successful. And, you know, as I said, when I was able to take a month off for my 40th birthday and spend time with the people that I care about the most, um, it was wonderful. If you can do that, that's successful. And I'll, it doesn't really matter what your job title is or what your salary is. For me, it's about the time and the quality of the time I have to spend with the people I love most. So I I think, again, you have to figure out what the metrics are for you and you need to be able to achieve a certain level of financial success. But I think you need to figure out what other metrics matter to you personally. Wow,
0: I love your perspective on that on success, and I'm sure our listeners were glued into listening there that because that was beautifully put in. I mean, the bottom line is success is really what makes us happy. I mean, if what we're doing out there makes us happy, if if we are able to have that time to spend with our family, with our friends that's happiness. You know, if you're able, to, if you're what you're putting out there makes a difference to other people, that's what makes us happy. And that's what the essence of success is. So for our listeners out there, I challenge you to ask yourself one morning and say what does success mean to you? And you'll be surprised with the answer because more often it's not going to be the dollar signs. Of course, we have financial metrics to, because we are in business to be profitable. But at the end of the day, what really fulfills us is knowing that we are happy with what we're we we're doing and we what we're happy with what we we're putting out there. So love that perspective, uh, Paige. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Now, yeah, I mean, I think success is very personal. And I think everyone's definition might be a little bit different. And that's okay. That That's exactly what it should be.
0: Exactly. Totally, totally agree with you with that. Now, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show. And that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So
1: Wow. there's. I've learned so much. But I guess um, number one would be to know your strengths and weaknesses and really be honest about what you're good at, what you like doing, and what you're not so good at and you don't like doing. And make sure you hire really good people that complement what it is you do and what it is you want them to do. Um, trust your gut, especially with the people issues, as we said. If you start sensing that somebody is not the right fit. You have to make a decision quickly. Don't be scared if you need to course correct, because I think part of being an entrepreneur is you have to pivot constantly, Um, change your business model, change your team. You, You constantly need to be able to change to survive and to thrive. The market changes, so you just have to adapt along with it. And know what success means to you. Follow your own dreams. Don't follow what your parents' definition or your friends' definition of success is. You know, people ask me um, why I don't grow Mavens and Moguls even bigger, even faster. They think, yeah, wow, you could be a giant company. Why don't you go public? Why don't you get bigger? But the truth is, I know for me, I'm very happy with a company at the size we are growing at a good rate, but not super aggressive. And we can stay small successfully and maintain a very high quality of product. And I have a high quality of life. And if I can enjoy my life and delight my customers at the same time, that's great. And again, you got to know what's right for you. And make sure that you're following your own instincts and not just doing something to keep up with other people's desires.
0: Wow, great takeaways there with just what you've shared and let me just summarize that one for our listeners. So the first one is to know your strengths and weaknesses and uh, make sure that you hire people that complements you and do what is and leverage the strength that you have. And the second one is to trust your gut and not not being afraid to pivot if or to adapt to the changing to the changing market, if that's the one you are in. And the third one is to know what success means to you and follow that. A really huge takeaways so that our listeners can take action on today. So thank you for sharing those. Now, what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way into business, and that which you can share our listeners with?
1: So I think I'm a little old fashioned, to be honest with you. I really like picking up the phone, talking to people. I'll write a handwritten note just to thank somebody for something. You know, in this day of text messages and emails, when you pick up the phone or write someone a letter, it really stands out and makes a very good impression. And I think people really appreciate it. They know that you took the time and that you really care. So honestly, I'm not really into all the latest and greatest tools and technologies and apps. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit old fashioned. I grew up in the deep South. And I think sometimes, again, it plays to my strengths. I like to talk to people. I like to write. So I feel like maybe it's just more reflective of who I am. And I think my clients and the people that I stay in contact with, really appreciate it
0: right and the main thing is that use what you're comfortable with I mean for me I still use pen and paper to do my to-do list despite the fact that we have gazillions out there uh, apps for example for doing your to-do list I still use pen and paper because that's what I'm comfortable with and I want it. I want to do it that way so all right now entrepreneurs are wide readers can you recommend a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally
1: there's so many good books out there. And you know, I I you know, you've got From Good to Great, you've got all the books by Guy Kawasaki and Malcolm Gladwell and Seth Godin. I mean, they're all terrific. But I think the one, if I could only pick one, again, you can call me old fashioned, but I'd probably go to how to win friends and influence people because I feel like it's a classic. The advice is Always relevant. It's evergreen advice and it's human nature. And I think if you read that book and really take it to heart, you will be served well.
0: How to win friends and influence people. Absolutely. That should be a staple in your library. That should be a staple to read for everyone because I go back to it over and over again. So that's how to win friends and influence people. I'm going to have that on our resources as well.
1: Now, last Percent. but not do yes? No, that's perfect.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I I believe that that should be a Bible for not only entrepreneurs, but for everyone. I love that book. It's a
1: classic. It is a classic.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, last but not the least, Paige, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or service and where they can get it.
1: You know, I guess I give my clients peace of mind. They know that their marketing is in great hands and we're going to do a great job for them. There are a lot of marketing people out there. Some are very good, but some I consider to be kind of marketing malpractice. And you have to be careful that you don't get burned. And, you know, a lot of people will tell you what they think you want to hear, but they're not going to tell you necessarily the truth. I feel like we're going to tell you what we can do, but also what we can't do. And if we promise you something, we're going to deliver on our promises. And I joke that like here we are in 2014. And I feel like just being honest and authentic is like the killer application of the new millennium because you're so used to being lied to lied to and people telling you things just to win your business that when someone's really honest with you, you don't even you can't believe it because you think, wow, so many people try and trick me. So I think that's really our biggest benefit is that I think we're really good and we're brutally honest but you're you're in great hands with with our team.
0: And uh, sh- where can they um check connect more with you and check your products and services as well.
1: So uh, the best thing is to go to our website, it's mavensandmoguls.com and it's spelled out M A V E N S A N D M O G U L S.com and I've got tons of articles Lots of advice, podcasts. I'll put a link to this up there. So you can contact me directly through the website. It's all right there at mavensandmoguls.com.
0: All right, that's mavensandmoguls.com. And by the way, for our listeners out there, all of these fantastic resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash page Arna or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. But again, the link is mavensandmoguls.com. Paige, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thanks for having me on.
0: Podcasting is taking the world by storm. If you are a marketer and not using this platform, your business is missing out on a big opportunity to reach a wider audience. Find out how you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast and take your podcasting skills from novice to experts. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com now.
1: inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top three iPhone apps that these high achieving women use to get things done lightning fast today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash apps for your free download and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.